The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 15, 64, 50, 80, 90, hey, hey! Hey, you guys. Oh, my God. Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Jimmy. And with me, as always, is the other host of the show, Tack. <laughs> Hi, that was enthusiastic. Yeah, see the pause? Mm-hmm. Uh, dramatic. And on this podcast, we celebrate classic iconic TV shows as we break them down one episode at a time. What we do, Tack, as you know. Mm-hmm. We take each and every episode. Yes. We break them down. Yes. We secretly try and raise $20,000 behind his back, only to get our nose broken by one of our brother's balls, <laughs> while, our lo- while our loser sister laughs about it behind our backs. All for you, the listener. <laughs> On today's episode, we look at the Brady Bunch movie, Part two. Mm. If you haven't watched this movie, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might make it a hell of a lot more funny if you do. Well, plus it's just a funny movie anyway. <laughs> the Brady Bunch movie is available to stream on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Who <sighs> doggy, as you would say. Doggy. doggy. Mm. So what's up? Nothing. With, you know, like what's up with you? Nothing. How was your week? Oh, let's see my week. Um, it was just a week and nothing too exciting. Just uh, went to work and it's really about it. Nothing nice and quiet the way I like it. So, you know. So you didn't, it's been a while since I've asked you. Have you worked it? <laughs> no, I haven't worked it. No. no. So you just had an ordinary week? Like, yes, yeah. nothing. That sucks. No, it doesn't. That doesn't suck. I like it like that. Nice and no, quiet. I don't. And mundane and. Nothing. Nobody went to the hospital. There was no emergencies. Oh yeah, I guess in that know. sense, it's it's cool. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, this week we had a uh, a rocket launch. I think on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. So it was one of the uh, the big Falcon nines and uh, big heavy rockets, and so it was so pretty cool. Me, my, heavy, me, my, what's that? So it's the Falcon heavy, not the Falcon nine. Whatever, same thing. Um, and me, my, me and my oldest son no, were outside and watched it. No, it's, it's cool. not Jimmy. <laughs> I worked at SpaceX for five years. Okay. <laughs> it's not the same. Sure it is. You knew what Jeez. I meant. What does, it, what does it matter? Jimmy, we're not doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> you will not disrespect the company that, well, disrespected me by laying me off. So that's okay. Right. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. You were saying about the launch? <laughs> no. So it was kind of cool. Like it was, they've been launching a lot lately. A lot. I know. I only got to see, I think one Falcon Heavy launch. That's it. Yeah. They're pretty bright, yeah, pretty loud. I mean, I live, if you were to drive from my house to the Space Center, it'd probably take close to an hour. Um, at least if you were That's to drive. Like with traffic and stuff. Well, I mean, if you were to drive out to the actual launch pad, it'd yeah. take about an hour. See, I you know worked I mean? at the actual launch pad, and it only took me about 20 ish minutes to get to work every right, day. Right. And you so. lived in the same city. Well, yeah, and basically. I, and, it, and for me, it was 45 minutes to get to your house. So, yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah. So. I mean, as far as I live, like you can still 
see it plain as day. A friend of mine lives in Orlando. He can see it from Orlando. Yeah. And, um, uh, and it's funny because it's, it takes like three minutes for the sound to get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, yeah. It was confusing my son. Cause he's like, but it's, it's not that far. Away. I was like, no, by the time, like what you're listening to is when it's up, you know, miles up in the air. Like it's not, <laughs> and I granted across the ground, it's not far enough where it should take three whole minutes at the speed of sound to reach us. But you're, that's not what you're hearing. You're hearing it when it's up in the air. So, yeah. And that's assuming you believe all this because you know, it's just, <laughs> you know, it's just like a hologram or something. That's not real. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, <clears throat> oh, it's just the big screen that they put on this you know big dome they put over this flat earth that we live on hmm? yeah no i'm kidding i don't believe any of that <laughs> <laughs> i shouldn't joke like that <laughs> yeah. yeah i i've i've had i've been on podcasts where i've gone head to head with these flat earthers and it's ridiculous and, yeah uh, but it's okay because this is a non-political show, and if that's what you believe, yeah. that's your priority. You know, because mm-hmm. some people believe, you know, that Carol was a fun and interesting character. So, you know, <laughs> so we, we don't hate on people here. That's okay. <laughs> You're allowed to believe, you know, things that are wrong. But that's, you know, that's cool. Whatever. <laughs> that's what makes this country so great, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what did you think of this section of the movie? Uh, it was good. Uh, there was a lot of fun little references to other episodes, which was nice. It is. Um, they seemed like they, I mean, there was a couple of them where it felt like they were just making references for the sake of making references. It's like, come on guys, you can't try harder than that. You can't work that into the plot somehow. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're talking about like the when, Uncle Phil episode <laughs> or well, episode. Like randomly scene. Yeah. Well, like when randomly, like Peter's like, mom always said, don't play ball in a house. Like, why was that line thrown in? It was just thrown in there because it was a line from the show. There was no need for him to say that. Like, it was kind of dumb. Yeah. I have something to say about that when we get to that part. Yeah. That's kind of lame. Yeah. But that's okay. It's still a good movie. Still like it. Mm hmm. Yeah. I thought it was good. It is good. Especially uh, with the whole nose broke scene. Like, that was like shot for shot. Like, perfect. Oh, it was for sure. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, I get that they want to do some of the scenes, some of the iconic scenes. 100%. People expect that when you see a parody of the Brady Bunch movie. But, I mean, don't just throw lines in because they're like lines from the show. (laughs) Like, just for no reason. Not not even make an attempt to fit it into the storyline. Like, come on. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like they didn't have enough time. They wanted to do all these references. I was like, well, the movie's only 90 minutes, so we can only fit in right. so much. They so. could have easily, I, I want to say they made a third movie, I think, but they could have mm-hmm. easily made this into a franchise easily. Yeah. There's enough material there. They could have done it for sure. But so I see what you're saying. They, it's like you were saying they didn't have enough time. Yeah. So make it a franchise, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And mm. I'm all for it, but you know. Like I said, like we, we gave you ideas last week on how to reboot this. <laughs> so the ball's in your court, guys. Mm-hmm. We need to talk to our, our homegirl. Yeah. Hope. Hope, yeah. She's, you know, she's our she's our homegirl. Yeah. She's our only hope for, you know, the franchise. It's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So what's your history with the show? <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool that we saw a couple more cameos in this. Well, oh, I yeah, guess not yeah, a couple yeah. more. We saw the cameo. <laughs> Last week, we didn't see anybody, right? Um, yeah, I don't think we did. No. So this week, we saw two cameos. If For all you sharp-eyed viewers, uh-huh. <laughs> um, they were really hard to spot. <laughs> So that was kind of neat. Um, yeah, we had the uh, Christopher Knight scene as well as the Barry Williams scene. Um, yeah. I comment on this later, but I actually thought like Barry Williams like did a good job in the scene. But then again, we've never really like bashed Barry Williams for being a bad actor. No, we, no. If anything, we've always complimented him and said, yeah. as far as acting goes, like Barry yeah. Williams, we've never had a problem. It's Greg that yeah. we have a problem, or at least I do. Right, right. And I thought he did a good job in the scene. I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. I don't know. It was a very short scene, but still, I thought he did well in it. So, I think um, Christopher Knight did a really, really good job at matching the acting level of all the guests they had on the show back in the day. <laughs> I mean, every time they would have like a football player on, they'd be like, "Hi guys, nice to meet you, Brady's." You know what I mean, like that. And he he's like, "Eric, you don't like it's just." It, you know what I mean? Like he did a really good job of matching the cameos from the show. That's so that was kind of cool. Well, <laughs> I see what you're saying now. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you and I not being sports guys, we can always tell when it's a an athlete that's guest starring on some sitcom because it's like, who's the shitty actor? Oh, he must be an athlete. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. They had like didn't they have an astronaut on there or a pilot or something that was pretty shitty. <laughs> I'm trying to remember it. I remember. I can't remember what it is. I don't know what it is about sports. If you have a sports thing, like you can't act. I don't know what it is, but every once in a while, well, something OJ was pretty good in the naked in naked gun movies. Yeah, he was actually really funny in it. I was watching. Uh, it same kind of goes with other genres too. Sometimes, like right. I was watching that movie. I don't know if you remember that movie, um, Rockstar, with um, Jennifer Aniston and uh, Mark Wahlberg. I don't came think out probably. You've never seen that movie? Oh my god, it's so good. Mm-mm. Anyway, um. I was watching it again recently, and um, the basic plot, if you don't know, is it's somewhat based on a true story. It's Mark Wahlberg, who is like, his movie takes place in the 80s, and he's like right. in this uh, tribute band for this fake band that's supposedly like a really big band. And um, he eventually, they fire their singer and they hire him to be their new front man, and he gets to enjoy They, they the hire who? Mark, Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. And he gets to he gets to enjoy this life, this rock star life, you know, kind of a thing, coming from just a small town, whatever, you know. And um, anyway, so the real band um, mm-hmm. is actually like real like um, guitarists and stuff like that from other bands and stuff like. Oh, interesting! Um, like for instance, one of the guitar players is Zach Wild. Um, oh, okay. And another Does he have one that, that spiral guitar. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, mm-hmm. and another one. Uh, I can't. I don't know who these guys are, but one of them was a guitar player from or drummer from um, Dio or something like that. Another one was oh, from okay. a guitar player from some other band. I forget who. Anyway, watching this movie, I've seen it a million times. I didn't know the other two guys in the band were actual like real rock stars from other bands, like Zach Wild. I knew who Zach Wild was. I recognized him immediately. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's fucking Zach right. Wild. That's cool. Um, 
but I didn't know the other guys were. And the other guys had a couple of really big scenes. Like there was a really emotional <laughs> scene that this one guy had. And I was like, who is this actor? I'd never seen him before. And I always thought he did a good job. And then it turns out he's not an actor at all. He's an actual professional musician, like in a track, you know, a real band. I was like, how do That's you know funny. that? I'm like, why would they give him such a big emotional dramatic scene where he had like a mm-hmm. good monologue? And I was like, this guy actually did a really good job for just being like a rock star. I mean, I can kind of see it because, I mean, regardless of the genre of music, musicians tend to be more emotional. You know what I mean? They, they are expressing themselves. So I yeah. can see that. Yeah. It's usually easier for musicians to transfer over to like acting and stuff. Yeah. That's what I would think. Yeah. At any at any point in the movie at all, do you do you um, feel the vibrations? I'm sorry, what? At any movie in the at any point in the movie, do you feel the vibrations? <laughs> the vibrations from what? Well, that's the song that he had. Like, remember Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? Oh, <laughs> first of all, I didn't know if you're talking about that movie or you're talking about the Brady Bunch movie. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. The, the one you were just talking about. <laughs> oh, it's actually kind of funny. And the, at the end of the movie, um, during the credits, they, they show like the, the bloopers and stuff throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this one point where the scene was them like at a big show, like in, so they're like in an amphitheater or whatever, not an amphitheater, but like an arena or whatever, yeah. a big show and everything. And between like shots and everything, somebody on the loudspeaker plays that song, Good Vibrations. Wow. <laughs> and, they're, and everybody's kind of dancing and like laughing at Mark Baldwin. And he was like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah That's like I was watching this um, documentary about Dimebag Daryl and yeah. about how he passed away and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I didn't know that Pantera <laughs> started off as a hair band. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they did like their first like two or three albums as a hair band. It's like, what? Yeah. And they showed pictures of them. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. That's amazing. And one thing I don't like about their, uh, Pantera's first real album, um, right. you know, Cowboys from Hell is that vul- like, Vulgar Display. No? no, Vulgar Display is after that. Vulgar Display Power, oh. that album is awesome. Um, a couple of songs on the <laughs> Cowboys from Hell album is, the Phil and Selmo, he does a couple of like cheesy screams. Yeah, I can't get the high, but you know, like, yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. But that's like the last time you hear him do that. And from then on, any albums after that, he stopped doing that. But I was He like, passed oh, away, right? God. He died of a drug overdose? No, huh? no, he had a drug overdose, but he didn't pass away. No, not Phil. No, they're still, they just reformed. Oh, oh, okay. Never mind. All right. Yeah, Pantera, because yeah. they've had two people pass away from Pantera. Damn, that sucks. Dimebag Daryl and then his brother, who was the drummer. Um, he passed Did he away die the same street. night? No, no, no. Um, oh, okay. he, he just died just a few years ago. Um, mm. And I can't remember from what, though. Um, but so there's been talk. So there's still two more, two original people from Pantera, which is Phil, the singer, and then, of course, the um, bass player. And uh, so, right. like, let's... They were talk, talks about getting Pantera back together. Well, not back together, but, you know, reforming. And so they actually took, once again, bringing them up, Zach Wilde took over Diamond mm-hmm. Daryl's spot, which is a great um, addition. And then yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember who the bass player or who the guitar or the, the drummer. I forget what the hell's the drummer. I came by, I forgot. Doesn't matter. Anyway, so they're Pantera now is currently on tour. Um, and a lot of people are really loving it. That's um, cool. One thing about funny thing about Zach Wilde is uh, after Dimebag died, 
there was a lot of this tribute stuff going on going around. Mm-hmm. And I happened across a video that said Zach Wilde does a tribute to Die Magdara. I'm like, all right, let's check this out. I had no idea that A, Zach Wilde can sing. <laughs> and two, <laughs> he plays piano. Oh, Zach interesting. Wilde did a piano and sang. And I was like, what? And it just blew my mind. And I was like, it's actually pretty good. I was like, I had no idea. Yeah. That's like when uh, Lady Gaga, when she was on that TV show and she was nominated for a, like an Emmy Award. People were like, yeah. the fuck? Like, yeah. Surprising. <laughs> that's fine. Hey. All right. Well, I guess we'll take our first break. Okay. And then when we come back, we will, uh, we will dive into this. Okay. Oh. So we'll be back. Okay. Hey, Gen Xers, get the news and podcasts that matter to you on Rediscover the 80s. Each week, hosts Jason and Wyatt deliver two shows that will connect you with the past. First, listen to the 80s weekly newscast with retro pop culture headlines from the world of movies. They are actually trying to reboot The Naked Gun with Liam Neeson. Streaming. Transformers Earth Spark. What did you think, man? It looked interesting, but it looks like it's another spin-off of the Risky Bots. Collectibles and more. They made Tina Turner into a Barbie. Then listen to Memory Jogger, featuring memories from the 80s and early 90s. We're going to spin the old randomizer tonight. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's spin it. <laughs> oh, a big one. Transformers and GoBots. Star Wars. Ooh, we might be here a while. <laughs> Robin Ooh. Williams. What a tribute. Yeah, Robin Williams. Ooh, oh, grandparents. grandparents. Michael, Michael J. J. Fox. PSA commercials. PSA commercials. Ooh, okay. Listen to both shows now on Rediscover the 80s. Search now in popular listening apps or stream from your browser at rediscoverthe80s.com. The 80s Weekly and Memory Jogger. Two shows that will help you rediscover the 80s. And... We are back. (laughs) Did you like that? That was. That was pretty good. Yeah, what do you call that? (laughs) Why do do you always do that? I'm trying to set something up, (laughs) and I'm going to shoot it to you, and then you automatically just turn around and shoot it back to me. (laughs) Which, all I'm asking is what the name of it is. Like, what what do you, have you thought of That's what I was going to ask you. What do you think I call that? Hmm. Well, it kind of... It was inspiring, but kind of like in a whimsical way. So it has to be some kind of whimsical animal, like the, um, like the, the half chub unicorn. Half chub unicorn. Yeah. No, that wasn't a half chub. What? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. All right. I just so, uh, <laughs> ruined this joke. I couldn't think of anything fast enough. (laughs) I was going to say like something dumb, like. Dude, I just pulled a pen out of my pocket or something <laughs> dumb like that, you know, and then to make you look stupid, but it didn't work. 
It's like I make a stupid joke later on. It's it's such a dumb joke, but I was laughing my ass off writing the joke because it's just so fucking dumb. But anyways, so let's get into this. Some facts about the episode. All right. A lot of this is review. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's filmed in 1995, written by Sherwood Shorts, Loris Elhwani. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rick Kopp, Bonnie Turner, and Terry Turner. I wonder if they're married. <laughs> I asked that last week. No, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Directed by <laughs> Betty Thomas. According mm. to IMDb, the producers had unsuccessfully sought to use the original house that was used for exterior shots from the original Brady Bunch series. But the owners of the home in Studio City, California, refused due to many years of seeking fans who've trespassed. Instead, they found a similar home in nearby Encino and erected a facade and actually filmed the scenes in the front yard. <laughs> Christopher Knight's part was severely shortened, originally running over four minutes. Man, that's mm, like night and day. It's too bad. Because <laughs> like his name's Knight. <laughs> Though Christine Taylor plays the older sister... She's actually younger than Jennifer Elise Cox, mm-hmm. who plays Jan. <laughs> you said Elise. Hmm. Would you like another fact? Um, yes, two more, please. Mrs. Whitfield, the teacher who Bobby shakes down at the school bus for school supplies, was the name of a teacher from the Brady Bunch series. I wonder, was that the teacher that um, <clears throat> Greg had a crush on? I don't remember. I can't remember. Uh-huh. Oh, possibly. Would you like one more? Yes, please. One more. Oh, okay. Christopher Daniel Barnes, who played Greg Brady, was among the cast of the NBC TV series Day by Day in 1988 mm. as Ross Harper. In a memorable episode, Ross Harper falls asleep and dreams he is Chuck Brady the lost Brady in a clever Brady Bunch reunion with much of the original cast appearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've talked about that before. I think, I think I'm going to push this out here. I'm going to pitch it to you. Mm-hmm. I think we should start off season eight with that episode. Hmm. Oh, fuck that. When we last <laughs> left up. No. <laughs> no, we could do that. It'd be a good follow up for this. Yeah. Yeah. For the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a hilarious episode, and I love it. Mm, <laughs> and also, right. whatever reads in it, too. So, But, I mean, the odds of the randomizer picking that? I mean, that's <laughs> 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 such a dick move. No, no, we can do that. That's cool. Because <clears throat> you've talked about that for a while. Yeah. All right. So, when we last left off, mm-hmm. Mike and Carol have received a letter from the county saying they owed $20,000. Why do people do that like in TV shows when they're trying to make it sound impressive? They really hit that (laughs) owl sound like Arnold. (laughs) (laughs) $20,000 in back taxes. And it was due by the end of the week. Their neighbor, Larry Dittmeyer, works for a property management company and has been trying to get the Brady's to take offers to sell their house so his company can build a mini mall on their land. Mike, of course, refuses. Mm. Meanwhile, Greg was shot down by Donna, which he asked out for a soda after school. And Marsha was just asked out to the dance this Friday by Doug Simpson. Tech. Mm. 
Who's Doug Simpson? He's the big man on campus. Hello. Oh, yeah, that's right. Jan sat in with her guidance counselor, Mrs. Cummings, mm-hmm. <laughs> who told her that she may have middle child syndrome and that she needed to do something to stand out from her siblings. Be different. Hmm. Jan loved the advice and plans on doing just that. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So are you ready to fade in? I'm so ready to fade in. Hell yeah. In that case, <laughs> we fade in. Hmm. Scene one. A bit later, we see Holly coming. Oh, yeah, daddy. <laughs> no, we don't. There's Out of more. the lunch oh, line okay. with lunch tray in hand, but struggling with her backpack when Peter walks up with a friendly, hi, Holly. Peter sees her struggling and asks, can I give you a hand? Holly welcomes the help with a, yeah. Peter starts clapping. <laughs> no. Holly smiles at Peter with a thanks. She then points and says, I'm over here. Peter's like, you're right there. You're not over there. You're right in front of me. But as he's following Holly with her food, Eric Dickmeyer hmm, <laughs> steps over a table to Peter and says, hey, Petey. Mm-hmm. Eric then looks at his friend and says, look, Leon, it's Holly's little friend. Mm. His little bitch. No. <laughs> um, he then picks up the pizza off of Holly's tray. Peter, who's bound and determined to defend the honor of Holly's pizza, says, mm. hey, knock it off. We're all mm. Eric grab Peter's shirt, pulls him close, almost lip to lip mm. Mm. and says, or you'll what? Ooh, and then he like looks down at his crotch and he like licks his like licks Peter's lip real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but just as they're about to make out a voice, a hero of a voice tech, <laughs> yeah. is heard cutting through all the lunchroom noise. Like, well, like a night tech, <laughs> a knight in shining armor, a Christopher Knight in shining <laughs> oh, armor. Shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> Playing the coach. The coach points at him and says, do it and die. Oh, shit. Eric looks at the coach and does a half smile. He then looks at Peter again. Way too close. Mm. Pats him on the chest and says, I'm going to get you, Brady. Oh, shit. And then he like looks at his ass when he walks away. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's adorable how Christopher Knight, he's protecting his Peter. It's cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's ador- also adorable seeing him try to act after all these years. Wow. <laughs> That's adorable, too. Um, Wasn't this about the time frame when his, like, reality show came out? He had a reality TV show? I thought yeah. that was um, um, Charles in Charge, or, like, the guy from Charles in Charge. No. No, okay. Oh, wait, I don't... Oh, no, he had one, too. Yeah, Scott oh, oh, was okay. 50 or whatever. This was like some dating where Christopher Knight was like dating chicks or something like that. Oh, I don't remember that one. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't realize who it was at first because I was like, wait a minute. I, I know that guy. That's the <laughs> guy. Him and that other guy are trying to like copy our idea for this podcast. Oh, yeah. So he's a podcast. Yeah. That it's like, guy, damn, yeah. man, get your own idea. Jesus. Jeez. Oh, um, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I legit thought they were going to make up. You legit thought that. Yeah. Legit. Because Eric was like as close to my micro as I am to my microphone right now. Like, damn. That's why he's so aggressive. Because I think he likes Peter, but he's afraid to admit it. This was the mm-hmm. 90s, man. People didn't admit it like that back then. He likes Peter. 
I think he does. <laughs> <laughs> scene two. In the next scene, we see Mike's boss, Mr. Phillips, a.k.a. Mr. Collins from the Wonder Years. Oh, my God, it is Mr. Collins. It is. He's the math teacher, and he was like... He, he kind of looks hard. like Freddy Krueger a little bit. He was hard but fair with, uh, he, I agree. with Mr. Arnold. Didn't he pass away in the in the episode? Um, Because he kind of like fucking hated him, and then he went into class one day, and I think he was dead. Well, he wasn't dead in the classroom, but he had passed away. I don't know, way different episode. Um, well, yeah, because like he... He hated him at first, but then he like showed that he cared and like really worked with Kevin to like really get him up to where he needed to be. And he realized, hmm, he actually had a major impact on him. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, he went in one day and he wasn't, I think he did die or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, wow. Blast from the past. Thanks for that. I didn't realize that's who it was. Anyway. Absolutely no problem. (laughs) He asks, a $20,000 advance? Yeah. We we (laughs) talked about that. I'd like to, Mike, but we're still hurting from the recession. I only have three developers coming all this week. Mike, who's got to be wearing the loudest outfit in the history of movies, says, <laughs> I did notice that. Yeah. Let me have a shot of those projects, Mr. Phillips. If I can sell one of them my design, you can front me the advance, right? Mr. Phillips says, sure, but how should I put this delicately, Mike? <laughs> Your designs are from another time. <laughs> Mike grins and says, that's kind of you to say, Mr. Phillips. <laughs> yeah. I've always thought of my style as classic as well. I'll get right to work on those TPS reports. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. <sighs> Mr. Phillips just shakes his head in disbelief. <laughs> you know, um, you know, Mike used to be a race car driver, too. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he had a little kid, I think. Rumor has it that his Ricky kid Bobby. was born in the backseat of his car, too. It's weird. <clears throat> Something about a cougar. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> right, scene three. Next, we see Mike in his office with a client, along with Mr. Phillips looking almost nervous as to how this is going to play out. Mike asks, well, Mr. Amir, what do you think? Mike shows him his design, which consists of the Brady house, only with some <laughs> gas pumps out front and a sign on the roof that reads Safeway Shop and Go. Mm-hmm. Mr. Amir looks for the words, finally saying, what is this? A center for ants. I love it, but it's too interesting. <laughs> I want something simple. A couple of self-service pumps and a Slurpee machine. He then shakes Mike's hand and says, sorry, and walks out. Mike puts his hands on his hips and says, it's only strike one, Mr. Phillips. I've still got two more times at bat. Mike then Hmm. walks back to his drafting board, whistling. Hmm. I mean, his drafting board wasn't whistling. Mike was whistling (laughs) on his way to the drafting board. Yeah. Thank you for that. Because we were all confused. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's cool. He's out, you know, strike one and... Maybe you'll get a touchdown with the next one. So. Exactly, yeah. So who would go to an architect to build a convenience store? <laughs> like I, I just thought the same thing. The same? Like, and then the, his excuse for not liking it is shit on the inside. Like, I need a fucking slurpery machine. Like, okay, great. <laughs> We're not building that. We're building the exterior. Moron. Well, sorry. The model store was out of tiny slurpy machines. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a house for ants? Sorry. <laughs> but like my note was similar to yours, but it said, 
I'm sure there's an old gas station somewhere in Los Angeles that you can buy. Like, why are you going <laughs> right. to an architect? The land is so expensive there. Just buy one already existing. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to go to an architect. Well, what do you want? I just want a square box with glass doors. Yeah. So why the fuck are you coming to me for that? <laughs> It'd be way easier for you to renovate a gas station than it would to build one from scratch. I mean, come on. Right. And not only that, but hire an architect to design. <laughs> it's, exactly. Like, What's there to design? It's like, square box with glass you doors. Want, you want it to look like the rest of the two million gas stations <laughs> around the Los Angeles area? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Well, I want it to stand out. Oh, no, that's too interesting. Like, <laughs> Scene four. Back in the Dittmar's driveway, Cindy is jumping rope up the driveway singing Cinderella, Justin Yell. <laughs> Went to the ball and made it choking sound. <laughs> that was weird. I don't know why she sang that. That's, I never heard that version of it. Just then, Mr. Tidmeyer pops his head out and says, Hey, Heidi, <laughs> go yodel in your own yard, huh? Something tells me that a lot of his lines, he just, like, made up. <laughs> Cindy cheerfully says, Okay, Mr. Dittmeyer. She then runs over to the magical gate and brings her back to TV set land. As Dittmeyer slams the door to his house, a worker working on the electrical pole touches a wire causing sparks and drops a live wire under the Dittmeyer's driveway. Oh, damn. I know. On the other side of the fence, Cindy is now bouncing a ball in the driveway higher and higher. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, the ball bounces right over the fence and back into the Dittmeyer's driveway. Oh, what are the odds? I know. Cindy skips over to get her ball, skipping dangerously close to the live wire. Mm. As she picks up her ball, she hears a voice saying, hey, little girl. <laughs> Which, by the way, you would think there was urgency in that, but no. He literally says like, a, hey, little girl. Well, you know uh, that ain't his job. Like, you know, he that's he's in witness protection, man. Like, like you know he's a hitman for the mafia or something. Like, there ain't no way in hell that guy is like a legit electrician guy. <laughs> He didn't act like it, that's for sure. No, he didn't look like it either. <clears throat> As she turns around, the worker comes up to her and says with a lisp, I had to get something out of my truck. A trust <laughs> and trusting a seven-year-old girl with pigtail seems totally safe. Though don't let anybody touch this wire. Can you do that? Cindy with a matching lisp answers, Of course. The electrician walks away and gets his stuff. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense having a child look after a live <laughs> wire. Um, I, I had to laugh at the ominous music they play when it bounces over. <laughs> they do such a good job of using little tiny iconic music clips from the TV show. Yeah. Yeah, they do it in this one. When the ball bounces over, it's like, dun, dun, dun. It's like, oh, yeah. it's just funny. <clears throat> Yeah, when she was walking past the fallen wire, like that electrician had no sense of urgency. Not at all. He was no. just like, like she almost stepped on it, almost touched it. And he's just like, hey, hey, hold on a second while I slowly walk down this ladder. Yeah. <laughs> he might hey, as well have been like, I want you to sit on the end of this wire so nobody touches it. <laughs> <laughs> just stand on it. Those no, they're rubber shoes. You'll be good. <laughs> right, scene five. As soon as the electrician walks away, Missy Dittmeyer looks out through the strange half door thingy and says, mm -hmm. Daddy, there's a Brady in our yard. <laughs> Mr. Dittmeyer, <laughs> Mr. Dittmeyer comes out and says, I thought I told you to stay in your own yard. 
Cindy says, yes, but you see, Mr. Dittmeyer, I'm simply standing here because, but Mr. Dittmeyer cuts her <laughs> off saying, you know, the lisp thing is really getting old. So why don't you just <laughs> hop back on the Swissmas package where you came from? <laughs> it's so funny. Cindy's still smiling, says, okay. Before she can get away, Mr. Dittmeyer bends over and says, oh, don't forget your jump rope. As he touches the wire, Mr. Dittmeyer is launched across the driveway and is thrown against the trellis, complete with burnt hands and his hair sticking up. Hmm. As he falls to the ground, his dog comes walking up, sniffs, and then lifts his leg. Mm-hmm. But before he can pee, Mr. Dittmeyer says, try it in your spam. Ooh. The dog just walks away whimpering. Mm-hmm. I guess Cindy doesn't listen to instructions very well. Maybe there should have been more urgency from the electrician. Maybe. Know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Once yeah. Again. yeah. It's a it's 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 a shame that the electrician electrician didn't know how to like, you know, cut the power to that wire. Like <laughs> <laughs> seeing that he's an electrician and all. Yeah. But, yeah, whatever. Um hmm. Yeah, that the whole thing with him launching that was kind of dumb. I feel like that was a cheap gag. It was. You know what I mean? It was like a cheap gag. The money they spent for that special effect yet Michael McKeon had to drive a car and actually get hit. <laughs> right. Come on. For that for that you spent money on that gag? That was a dumb gag. Come on. <laughs> Scene six. Back in the living room of the Brady's, Carol is sitting in a chair. Guess what she's doing? Um sitting. She's watching TV. <laughs> yes, because she's always doing it. Now she's doing needlepoint. I was expecting you to go, you you have the script. You wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> when the front door opens, we see Mike walk in with a briefcase in hand. Hmm. Carol, who can't seem to remember her husband's name, <laughs> what he does for a living, says, well, Mr. Brady, did you hit a home run today? <laughs> Mike walks in. What the? F- what do you think I fucking do all day? <laughs> Mike. My name is Mike. <laughs> Damn it. Why do you keep calling me Mr. Brady? That's, that's <laughs> Alice supposed to call me that. That's her special name. <sighs> that and daddy. Yeah, right? Mike walks in saying, my design didn't even make it to first base. Mike sits down beside Carol and says, maybe we should think about taking Mr. Dittmeyer up on his offer. Just as he says this, Cindy comes walking up to the top of the stairs and overhears this. Carol says, you're serious about selling the house? Mike says, Carol, I designed this house. (laughs) Kids like it. You like it. Alice likes it. (laughs) Myself, every color, every brick, every sheet of Formica. (laughs) If I knew another way out, I'd take it. But where else are we going to find $20,000 by the end of the week? Cindy, who overhears this, says, oh, no, we're going to have to sell our house? Cindy then runs up to tattle. Hmm. Hmm. Is this is this kind of like the, the, the silver platter thing they need to raise money for? Is that what this is supposed to be? Like... Um, yeah, I think it's inching towards that, yeah. Is it? Okay. All right. Um... So the microphone <laughs> picked Cindy up all the way downstairs, yet Mike and Carol couldn't hear it. The <laughs> mic heard it. The microphone heard it. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> all right. Scene seven. 
Up in the boys' room, we see Greg with a Tysco Straddle and Telecaster. You can look that shit up. (laughs) (laughs) Though, wouldn't you know it, a pig nose amp. Oh, I didn't even notice the amp. Yeah. Pig nose just like the one behind me. Mm -hmm. He thinks for a moment, finally singing, clowns never laughed before. You can just play that part. (laughs) No, I was so impressed you're finally singing. I was like, oh, yeah, he's singing. But stops when he notices Cindy standing staring at him. After just staring at her for a second and her not taking the hint, Greg Hmm. finally asks, what is it, Cindy? I'm busy writing a song for Danielle. Hmm. Cindy thinks for a moment and says, I have to tell you something. After an awkward pause, Greg says, okay. Hmm. (laughs) Cindy says, but I can't tell you because that would be tattling. Greg says, oh, come on, Cindy. What's the worst that'll happen? You'll get Alice in trouble with Sam. (laughs) And then they both just look at the camera. No. Because it's from the TV show. Mm, Yeah. Remember when she tattled? She got Mm. Alice in trouble. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, he says, now, come on, Cindy. If it's important, it's not tattling. Cindy says, I'm never going to tell that mom and dad have to sell the house because they owe $20,000. Greg has a golly gee willikers look on his face as Cindy says, oops. So (laughs) earlier was Don and now it's Danielle. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I didn't even catch that it was somebody else. Hilarious. (laughs) Um, They even got the wallpaper right in the room. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was kind of neat. I really like that guitar. (laughs) (laughs) That might be a guitar I have to put on my radar to start looking for in reverb. That's I've never even heard of it. Was it Tysco Stradlin Telecaster? Well, the company Tysco, it's a Japanese company. There was a couple of um, companies that were really popular in the 60s and 70s, electric guitar-wise, that came out of Japan. Uh, One of them was Gaia Tone. Uh, Gaia Tone put out some stuff under the General Electric, the GE banner and then Tysco hmm. was another one of those companies uh, Tysco was sold mainly through the Sears catalog stuff like that so I had mm-hmm. heard of Tysco like I thought my original guitar was a Tysco but it turned out to be a guy tone um, but I've mm-hmm. never heard of the Stradlin but I thought it was kind of neat because it's got the switches instead of the rocker switch you know what I mean you notice how the, oh, the yeah. pickup yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's pretty neat scene eight we cut to Greg in the girls room saying okay guys mom and dad are swimming in debt much like that, oh God, what's wrong? Much like that Dorka whale, the oh. Speedo torpedo, the pale white shark, if you will, tack did go way back at good old RHS. Boy, he was poetry in motion. Every week, man. <laughs> Every week. Speedo torpedo, really? The pale white shark? Really? Damn. You just love talking about those fucking Speedos. You love it. I'm going to get you a shirt that says, just a reminder, I wore Speedos in high school. (laughs) And that's why I call this meeting. Marsha asks, (laughs) Craig, what are we going to do? Peter says, yeah, if we don't raise the $20,000 in one week, we'll have to move. Then keep on, keep on. (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. 
Oh God. <laughs> that was funny. Jan adds, gonna keep on, keep on grooving. <laughs> and everyone joins in. Keep on singing and dancing all through the night. <laughs> Sadly, no, that didn't actually happen. That would have been awesome. <laughs> they wouldn't take any of our ideas. No, they wouldn't. Peter says, we'll have to move. Bobby adds, and going to a new school. Mm. Jan says, and make new friends. Mm. But Marcia drops a big, hot, steaming truth deuce on Jan's chest and says, but Jan, you don't have any friends. <laughs> Damn, that's Just then. Up. Just then Greg has an idea and says, wait, we can save the house. We can raise the money ourselves. Cindy, not understanding, asks, but how? Greg, a little delusional, says, we can all get jobs and earn extra money. Peter says, hey, neato idea. <laughs> Marcia says, gee, there's so many things I'm good at. I wouldn't know where to start. Jan, tired of Marsha's arrogance, says, Oh, I'm just so perfect at so many things. Marsha, unfazed, says, You're just jealous, Jan. Mm. Cindy says, I'm going to make some serious cash. Bobby, always up for a challenge, says, Oh, yeah, well, I bet I can make more than you. Mm. Peter joins in the fun and says, With what, Shrimpo? Your tooth fairy money? Oh, oh damn. Oh, shit. Bobby throws the ball to Peter and asks, who are you calling Shrimpo? Peter then busts out with another classic line saying, hey, mom always says don't play ball in the house. Then everyone just looks into the camera. <laughs> no. Soon everyone is talking over one another. Mm. Greg, having had enough, says, hey, you guys, stop fighting. If we're going to save this house for mom and dad, we've each got to make as much money as we can. Mm. Jan, now inspired, stands and says, yeah. Peter joins in and says, yeah. And soon everyone has stood up and is walking out the door. Oh, damn. Mm. Why does Bobby, why does Bobby still have that armband on? He was bitching about it earlier. Like, <laughs> why didn't he rip that shit off as soon as he walked out the door? I don't know. It's his storyline indicator, I oh, guess. Yes. I don't know. Hmm. Um, I could totally see, just, and hear me out. <laughs> I could totally see Jan going goth. <laughs> she definitely should. Yeah. That would be like awesome. Dying her hair black. Oh my like, God. Why didn't they do that story? Yeah. That would have been better. Like sitting in a room writing shitty poetry that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. My whole life is a dark room. One big dark room. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been awesome. Through the dreams of despair, I give birth to a baby elephant or whatever. Like, God, it's like that shitty high school poetry that people write. And she gets um, like a nose ring or something. That would have yeah. been awesome. Damn. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, um, I did the math. <laughs> oh, yay. For them to actually pull this off. How much would they have to make per day? Like each kid, because they have a week. There's yeah. six kids. How much would each of them have to make every single day in order for them to have the $20,000 by the end of the week? Hmm. <laughs> now I'm just spitballing here. I'm just going to take a guess. Okay. 
$476.20? Close. It was actually $476.19. Yeah. You must feel so stupid for not being able to guess that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, what were you saying? Is it makes me, I mean, you have to at least admit that I just read the note. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have you it. Have have a, you see, like, I just guessed it perfectly. <laughs> we have we have shared notes. And so, Tech obviously saw it, you know, written in the notes. Yeah, I cheated. I cheated. Uh, cool. So, yeah. But anyway, so they have to, they have to make $477 a day. A day, yeah. That's a lot of money for like fucking elementary school kids. Oh, they would each have to make that. Exactly. Every day. Oh, wow. I mean, because it's one thing to make $20,000 in a year, but to to make $20,000 in a week, that's. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. That's a lot of drugs to sell. (laughs) Did you see that death look Jan gives Marsha when she tells her she has no (laughs) friends? Like, oh my God. I would definitely, if I was Mike and Carol, I would definitely worry about like the other kids safety and well-being um yeah. around jan at night <laughs> like, you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. yeah um now the the ball in the house reference this bothered me because peter says the line but it's bobby's line uh, that's true that's a good point yeah so uh, it could have easily been like bobby saying it you know peter throwing the ball at bobby hey shrimpo and then he's like hey Mom always says, "Don't be ball in the house." But right. no, they fucked up. I would have gone. I would have gone the whole nine yards and have <laughs> and had him throw it at, uh, or have Peter throw it at Bobby and have it like bounce off the dresser, bounce off the bed, <laughs> bounce off like Marsha's head, <laughs> like happen to ricochet off the door and open it, bounce back off the dresser, go out in the hallway, and then bounce off of the walls going down the hallway, and then roll down the stairs and then break that. That um that horse. <laughs> mom's yeah. favorite no, it's mom's yeah. favorite vase. Yeah. Oh vase, that's right. <clears throat> yeah, that would have been funny. <laughs> Did all this amazing. Yeah. That's what I would have done. <laughs> but it actually though, it would not have hit Marsha in the face because you know she would have dodged the ball. That's true. That's, <laughs> See, that's true. That? That's true, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but there's five D's in dodgeball. So Okay. What do you mean? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, scene nine later that night we see jan asleep dreaming and can hear marsha's voice saying but jan you don't have any friends you're just mm-hmm. jealous jan just then jan's eyes pop open as she pulls out a pair of scissors mm. she slowly walks over to marsha's bed is this what she, you're talking about you'd be concerned <laughs> <laughs> she reaches down and cuts a huge chunk out of Marsha's throat. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. She reaches down and cuts a huge chunk of Marsha's hair. Oh, my God. Almost cutting off her leg. No, I don't know. What? Just it seems like they're trying to make it scarier than it is. Oh. Cindy sits up asking, Jan, what are you doing? But Jan says, go back to sleep, Cindy. <laughs> But Cindy, determined to protect her sister, says, Jan, don't. Marsha's hair is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Jan, with a creepy smile on her face, says, Exactly. That's why I'm going to get a lot of money when I sell it. (laughs) She then begins laughing maniacally as she continues to cut Marsha's hair. Cindy sits up and screams as if she's in a horror movie. Mm. But Jan forgets. 
that apparently Carol and Alice were sleeping together across the hall. <laughs> I don't know. As the door busts open, Carol asks, Jan, what are you doing? She looks down at Marsha and says, Oh, Marsha, I love your hair. <laughs> Alice, complete with white stuff on her face, <laughs> says, Ooh, what a groovy hairdo. Cindy <laughs> adds, Oh, you're so beautiful. Jan, seeing that her plan backfired, says, No, she's supposed to look bad. No, no. <laughs> but suddenly her alarm goes off, and it was all a dream. She sits up in bed with a scowl and says, what a horrible dream. I am so glad that was a nightmare. Yeah, why? I don't want to see her, Marsha's hair get cut. Mm. At least it wasn't the may I speak to your manager haircut. <laughs> That's a terrible haircut. Marsha has got to be the deepest sleeper ever. <laughs> yeah. Because like there was literally screaming and laughing. And it's the door opening that woke her up. <laughs> and also, you know, cutting her hair. So, yeah. Yeah. But none of that woke her up. It was Carol opening the door that opened her up. <laughs> <laughs> Scene 10. Over in the boys' room, Greg is looking into the mirror, strumming away on his guitar, <laughs> doing rock star poses. You know you do that. The, um, yeah. When the bathroom door opens, Marsha looks in and says, Greg, have you gone bananas? <laughs> Greg, snapping out of his dream, says, No, I just found a way to save our house. I'm going to become a rock star. Mm. Marsha just rolls her eyes and says, That's great, Greg, but I need some advice about something really important. See, Charlie asked me to the dance, and I said yes. Then Doug asked me to the dance, and I said yes to him, too. Oh. What am I going to do? Greg says, Well, you could dress Peter up as an older woman and... <laughs> I'm <laughs> going on a double date with you. <laughs> but make sure he wears a fake mustache. Though. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and you can't put it on that well either. Yeah. <laughs> and don't eat popcorn, whatever you do. Exactly. You know, well, that's Bobby. You know Bobby would be loving that popcorn. He's <laughs> <laughs> always eating popcorn. Always. Bullshit. Greg sighs and says, well, you just tell the guy you don't want to go with. Something suddenly came up. Mm. Greg and Marsha just <clears throat> both look at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Marsha asks, and that works? Greg smiles and says, <laughs> worked on season four, episode 18. Mm. Plus, girls say it to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't think he had the whammy bar on that guitar earlier. So oh, I don't know. That means he put it on just to look in the mirror. <laughs> just kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah. That should crack me up with him smiling at himself. Yeah. <laughs> he really did a good job in this role. He really did. <clears throat> it's funny. It's funny. All right. Scene 11. At the school cafeteria, we see Marsha sitting outside studying when Charlie comes up with a, hey, Marsha. Marsha cheerfully says, oh, hi, Charlie. Charlie says, I can't wait until the dance Friday night. Marsha, realizing she has to have the conversation, says, Oh, um, about the dance, Charlie. Well, something suddenly came up. Charlie, who looks devastated, says, Oh, well, you know, that's okay. Maybe some other time. At least she didn't say, No, thank you. I'm not interested. Only a fucking bitch would say that. <laughs> Sorry. Flashback. <laughs> Marsha simply says, Sure. As Charlie walks away, Marsha thinks for a moment and says, 
Greg was right. She then closes her book and says, well, that takes care of that problem. She then opens up her folder and says, let's see what's next. Marshall reveals a to-do list that says, talk to Charlie, earn $20,000, get Davy Jones, brush hair. (laughs) She thinks for a moment and says, hmm. She then reaches into her purse and begins to brush her hair. (laughs) We then see Danielle trying to get away from Greg, who's chasing her while strumming on his guitar, singing, clowns never laughed before. Beanstalks never, but then it cuts off. Clowns never laughed before. <laughs> is that a? I tried looking. Is that a real song from the show? Yeah, it is. I couldn't find it. Yeah. So the guy who plays Charlie played Schwartz on A Christmas Story and The Christmas Story Christmas. Really? So yeah. Interesting. Is he the one that gets his tongue stuck to a? No, he's the one that gets the kid to get his tongue stuck. Oh yeah. Okay. Go okay. on, smartass, and do it. You know that guy. Um. But I love the bit with Greg chasing Danielle. <laughs> I wonder if that was Strong planned or if, if Chris Barnes was like, hey, you know what we should do? You know, because a lot of these <laughs> ideas come up with, you know, happen, you know, from that. Um, mm-hmm. Why would, uh, who would bring a guitar to school? <laughs> like, like, you would think that first, the first class he has, the teacher would be like, Greg, why the fuck do you have a guitar in school? Like, seriously, bring it, go bring well, it home. It could be in his locker. You can fit a guitar in your locker. Oh, yeah, maybe. They have tall lockers, yeah. That's true, yeah. Um, I like how everyone is laughing at Greg when he walks. I didn't catch it the first time, but I watched it the second (laughs) time. Like, as he walks by, people like, like, start laughing at him. It's pretty good. Greg is definitely a joke in this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Scene 12. Outside on a tree, we see a sign and hear Bobby reading it saying, Attention, missing school office supplies. Reward offered. Mm. We then see Bobby with a teacher up against a bus about to get frisked. Oh, damn. Frisked. Frisked. He's getting frisky. Mm. The guilty ass teacher, of course, says, office supplies. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh Uh-huh. But Bobby calls bullshit saying, yeah, I've heard it before. Mm. I've got reward money writing on this. Hell yeah. Spread them. The teacher, looking nervous, spreads her legs, but only about a foot apart. Mm. Bobby looks down and says, oh, come on, Mrs. Whitfield. You're going to have to do better than that. She then (laughs) spreads her legs wide apart. I feel like so dirty saying this. (laughs) She then spreads her legs wide apart. And that's when we see a stapler and a ruler fall out onto the ground, followed by a big pile of office supplies. Mm. Bobby, realizing what just happened, says, boy, you sure have some strong thigh muscles, Mrs. Whitfield. Mrs. Whitfield puts her head against the bus in defeat. Mm. Mm. Where I don't get it. Like how how is she holding on to all that? Uh, kegels, Jimmy. It's all about kegels, and Mrs. Whitfield's been doing her kegel exercises. Are those like the? Is that like a fanny pouch? Yes. Okay. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> Scene thirteen. Next, we see Greg walking down the stairs, chasing a record producer. That looks strangely familiar. (laughs) Greg says, but I've been here for hours. Please, you won't regret it. I guarantee you. Weren't you ever a kid with a dream of making something of yourself? Greg then pulls... (laughs) Such a stupid fucking joke. Sorry. (laughs) Greg then pulls off Greg's glasses and looks at Greg as Greg smiles. (laughs) Greg just smiles at Greg's... (laughs) Greg just smiles as Greg reads Greg's lyrics and says to Greg, 
clowns, beanstalks. <laughs> Greg then laughs at Greg and asks Greg, what the hell is this? Greg tells Greg, that's a guaranteed gold record. Greg then breaks out into song while strumming on the guitar. Play that. But it stops. never laughed before. <laughs> and beanstalks. But it's stopped by Greg, who gets in his face and says, no. Mm. But before Greg leaves, Greg turns to Greg and tells Greg, look, what did you say your name was again? Greg thinks for a moment and says, bravo, Johnny Bravo. Mm. Greg and Greg just stop and look into the camera. Mm. (laughs) Greg obviously thinks this was a stupid name in the 70s, let alone now, says, listen, Bravo, today's sound is raw with an edge. Seattle, grunge, garage bands. Johnny hmm. asks, don't they have beanstalks in Seattle? Hmm. Greg just slams the door on Johnny as he stands there looking disappointed. He notices a tattooed receptionist standing next to him. With a big, naive smile, he says, well, hey there, groovy chick. <laughs> the girl just says, uh-uh, and it walks away. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I said this earlier. Barry Williams is actually pretty good in this scene. It was yeah, a small part, but it wasn't bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking dumb. Greg said Greg. It's great. That's, that's so stupid. <laughs> that's funny. Um, <laughs> um, it kind of bothered me that, like, it was obvious that when he took the glasses off, that was supposed to be the reveal. Right. But, like, as soon as the scene started, I was like, oh, it's Greg. That's cool. But then when he takes the glasses off, it's like, were we, were we not supposed to know? Like... You were, you were right there, man. Like you were facing the camera. Like, like I don't know. Can I could tell, tell by the hair. Yeah, I could tell by the afro. So, <laughs> scene fourteen at the carpet galleria, we hear Mister Dittmeyer talking on his phone, saying, "Yeah, it went fabulous. Put the head back on, Fletcher. Now listen, I'm closing on the Brady's though." They'll be, but is interrupted by a phone ringing. He says, can I call you back, Mr. Feldman? My car phone's ringing. Mr. Dittmeyer Dittmeyer jumps in his car and answers it with a hello. The lady on the phone says, hello, I'm calling from a marketing firm. We just take a few minutes of your time. But before he can respond, he sees Jan in his side mirror riding her bike. Mm. Um, Of course, without her glasses on. (laughs) Fucking Jan. He goes to the classic jam. He goes to lean out of the car, getting hit in the face with the bike in the process. Mm. As Jan rides off, we see Mr. Dittmeyer's car phone dragging on the ground behind her. <laughs> I'm wondering if there was a deleted scene or something. Because why was he coming out of a carpet place? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It just I'm seems to like think of what happened like at the house. Like, well, I mean, because really. he's got to fix his wall. I mean, they didn't. It wasn't set up like that was just the average location on the street. They made it a purpose to show carpet gallery. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just the camera angle. For some reason, that looked like we we're supposed to know, okay, guys, he's at the carpet gallery now. But why? Like, what? There's no point yeah. to it. Like, I don't know. It kind of bothered me a little bit. I don't know. He definitely needed to fix his drywall. Like, it would have been funnier if he was, like, buying stuff to fix his wall. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe it's because he spilt that thing on the floor. Maybe that's why he's at the carpet gallery. Mm. Maybe. Anyways. Scene 15. Back at the Brady residence, Greg walks through the side gate with a guitar and amp in hand. He looks Mm. up and says, oh, hi, Mrs. Dittmeyer. I'm here to see Eric. 
Mrs. Dittmeyer, who seems to be going through the trash, turns around and seems happy to see Greg. She looks at him and says, oh, hi, Greggy. Hmm. As Greg walks by, she pulls something out of the trash can and says, oh, Greg, I'm so glad you're here. I've got some more of your mail. Greg smiles hmm. and says, oh, Mrs. Dittmeyer stands uncomfortably close to Greg and says, oh, gee, your hands are full. <laughs> she then reaches down and slowly puts the mail into Greg's front pocket. And oh, she says, shit. my, you've gotten so big. <laughs> You're almost as big as your daddy. Greg smiles and says, and I'm still growing. <laughs> Mrs. Dittmeyer glances down and says, right before my eyes. Mm. Hell yeah. <laughs> As she fumbles around with the mail, she says, your pants are so tight. <laughs> but before she can go any further, a voice comes up behind her. It's Peter saying, hey, Mrs. Dittmeyer. Mrs. Dittmeyer, who seems both surprised and happy at the same time, turns and says, Peter. Peter asks, can I mow your lawn? <laughs> Sorry, this is getting too creepy because Peter's like 12. <laughs> um, I'm trying to earn some extra money. She finally takes her hand out of Greg's pants and says, sure. Mm -hmm. She looks at the two boys, the two underage boys, Mm -hmm. And says, two Brady's. Tell you what, when you boys are done, why don't you come inside and help me make a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> she, then, she then leaves the two boys awkward and confused. <laughs> when I first heard that line, like, help me make a sandwich, I'm like, what? And I was like... Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Brady sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was in the illegal underage hog heaven. Man, it's true. This this <laughs> joke would not fly today. As many teachers as we have humping little kids, like we, this this wouldn't fly today. Um, <clears throat> this must have been where the grunge scene got cut. Remember, because yeah, last week we're guessing too. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. um, I'm sitting there thinking, like, is he going to sell his guitar and amp to Eric? Because yeah. he needs money, but I guess not. Um, all this went right over Greg and Peter's head. <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely went right over. Yeah, their way, heads. way, they're, way they're over naive as, children. As, much, so. as pervy and creepy as Greg is, all this went right over his head. <laughs> so, anyways, so this is where we take our next break. So it's looking like Mrs. Dittmeyer is wanting Greg to do some chores around her house, if you know what I mean. Hmm, like Cl what? Clean some pipes, if you know what I mean. What else? Get down and dirty, if you know what I mean. Maybe help her uh, lay, lay some carpeting. Hmm, okay. All right. Or, 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 or get a participation trophy. I got, I got one. I got one. Okay. Or, or, uh, dust the shelves. Okay. All right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Pack some shit, if you know what I mean. Will Greg become a man? Or will it all go over his head? Hmm. Hmm. We'll be back.
Hey, movie fans! Have you ever wanted just one more adventure from your favorite film heroes? Ever imagined an alternate entry in your favorite movie franchise that didn't suck? Then Sequel Quest is the podcast to make your wildest cinematic fantasies come true. Every episode, Adam, Jeff, and Jeremy pitch imaginary sequels, prequels, and reboots to your favorite movie franchises like E.T. the Extraterrestrial, cult classics like Surf Ninjas and the Monster Squad, famous flops like Jupiter Ascending, how about a third Tim Burton Batman film, or getting back on the ice with the Mighty Ducks. With over 100 episodes in our archives, you'll definitely find a favorite as the SQ crew reminisce about the films and find creative, cool, and wacky ways to continue the fun on the silver screen. Sequel Quest is presented by the Retro Network and can be found on any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search Sequel Quest and prepare yourselves for fake movie fun at its finest. saying that it's just fun to say that you do be saying that you do be saying I do be do be do be do uh, so last week when we were on the break we had talked about who we would cast if we <laughs> yeah. remade the movie right yeah so then i started thinking about it and let's flip that on its head okay i want you to put your imagination cap on them tech <laughs> all right assuming you had some kind of time machine right like the 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 kids from the Brady Bunch, and I guess we could do the parents too. If you could go back into the seventies mm-hmm. and take them as they appeared in the Brady Bunch, and yeah. bring them here, what movies would you yeah. cast them in? <laughs> oh my god! What movies? Oh my god! Uh, or like, what could you see? Like, oh, Robert Reed would be good at that. Like, what what modern movies or shows do you what, do you think they would do well in? Hmm. And it's I mean you don't have to spend a whole lot of time. Obviously, it's just a game you know to, to spend. You know. <laughs> hmm. Well, it'd be really hard to market some of them, um, except for Marsha. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm but, not talking real like. <laughs> There's no time machine. Yeah, I'm not talking about like marketing and ticket sale. I'm just talking about like who could, what part no, could I'm, you see them? I'm seeing? talking about, right. I'm saying is as far as marketable, like, like taking Jan, for example, what would you put her in? I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. Like she can go on almost anything and she would kind of blend into the background. Right. Except for Marsha. Marsha is very marketable. Okay. Um, like I would see her like probably starting off in her early career <laughs> doing some sort of like teen slasher. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, and eventually probably working our way up to do something on our own. Um, like big surprise, I see um, Flo Hen doing like playing a mom on a sitcom. <laughs> I know that's shocking, <laughs> but that's what I see her doing. Stretch for exactly. But, yeah. yeah, Robert Reed. I I kind of feel like Robert Reed could do anything. I kind of see him on one of those mm-hmm. detective shows, like kind of like NCIS, because he's so serious all the time. I see him kind of doing that. Yeah, I mean, what was that one show he was on? I mm-hmm. never watched it, but it was some, wasn't it like a detective show or something? Oh, maybe. I have no idea. I never I watched know. it. 
Maybe. But I could see him doing something like that. Um, if he had a dry enough sense of humor, I could see him doing something like The Office, but just playing like the Stanley, like the straight guy that you know gets irritated <laughs> and everything. Um, yeah. But he's kind of like that in real life, so so. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ann B. Davis. I, I kind of feel like she's another one. I kind of feel like she could do anything. Yeah, she could. You know what I mean? Like, she, I can almost see her doing something. Like almost like an Amy Poehler, where she can kind of yeah. do. I, maybe she can even do like Saturday Night Live or something, you know, and then well, like I, eventually branch out in those kind of movies. I see her doing something that's just freaking silly, like yeah. you know, opposite of Will Ferrell kind of movie. I think she could yeah, totally yeah. pull that shit off, hundred percent pull it off. Like mm-hmm. the Night at the Roxbury. So I think she when she was younger, when she was as young as she wasn't in. in um, uh, the Brady Bunch. Yeah. I think she could pull out like the Good Place. I can totally see her doing something like that. Like, could you mm-hmm. picture her as like the? I can't remember what her name is. The the assistant. I can't remember what her name is. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I can see her doing something like that. Or can you see her in like in progressive commercials or something? Like, I don't know. I just I think she could do anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Greg. Uh, I I don't know. Like I don't I don't see him doing much of anything. Like, I think he would be in one of those, like, Disney movies, you know, like, <laughs> kind of like High School Musical, but like one of the lesser characters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was saying, like I was saying, like, it, a lot of the people aren't very marketable. Yeah. So. But how, okay. So how would you make, what would Greg have to do to be marketable in, in today's Hollywood? Um, I'm trying to first, like, picture him what he would even look like in today's world. Um. All I picture is the old him now. I um, think he's arrogant enough to do well on social media. Yeah. You know what I mean? He would be arrogant enough to post pictures and be like, look at me, guys. I look kind of hot today. You know, he'd be he'd be like that. He'd be all about fucking social media. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see him doing like uh, YouTube. <laughs> he'd be like a YouTuber, like we're doing music and shit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, I think he would just be a general influencer. Like, hey guys, it's your boy Barry here. That kind of like, <laughs> that's what I see. <laughs> but yeah, Maureen McCormick. I don't know. Every time I've seen interviews with her and stuff like that, she always seemed really kind of quiet and kind of mousy a little bit. Yeah. So maybe she would be almost like a. Uh, um, who was the guy? Uh, who was the chick that was humping um, Andrew Garfield? Emma Stone. Was she? I don't know. I, I I see I see uh, Maureen McCormick being like a her, you know what I mean, mm. like a like a Emma Watson kind of mm. actress, you know what I mean, where she's not like I can't say they're not Academy Award winning because I think both of them did, but I mean one of those actors actresses that can kind of you know go the middle of the road and kind of do a romantic comedy or kind of do yeah I, I see her doing something like just based on her looks, I think they would cast her and so because you know yeah. Um, but she was starting a teen slasher. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> I think um, when Peter got older, when um, Christopher Knight gets older, I see him just basically just being a model. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, I mean, he's, you got to admit, he's the, the best looking boy out of the Brady Bunch. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's he's kind of hot. Come on now. You know? Um, <laughs> I mean, I would say he's a, he's a handsome man, but okay. Well, that, what do you mean? That's, that's cool. That's not what you said when we were off air. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, something I think about a banana or something. Some, some, yeah, something like that. Um, 
said you wanted to put in your mouth and try to say, say the ABCs or something. I can't remember exactly what you said. Um, uh, <laughs> but the girl that played Jan, I think you're right. Like she's not. <laughs> what would you have? Her? She would be like the the producer, like the. <laughs> she'd be the grip, you know. She would be the uh, shop teacher in a Grease performance. <laughs> she'd be the, um, yeah, the associate producer. Um, <laughs> and then the, the the two youngest, Bobby and Cindy. I don't, I don't, I'm not, not trying to be mean. I don't see them doing Hollywood. No, no, hmm. no. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So are you ready to uh, dive back into this? I am ready to do some diving. Hell yeah. Some carpet diving. Mm. <laughs> Let me make a sandwich of Miss Dittmeyer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when we left off, the Bradys were at risk of losing their house, which is weird because it doesn't move. Yeah. They're like, where is thing. our house? Like, it was right <laughs> here, guys. Like, um, mm. While Mrs. Dittmeyer is making things hard. Oh, shit. For Greg. If you know what I mean. And I think you do. Will everything be resolved in a half an hour? Or is this... Or will the Brady's Greg be finished? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's get back into this. Scene 16. Mm. Back at the Brady residence, we see both Mike and Carol in bed. Mike is reading a book titled Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Carol Mm. just is next to Mike looking sad and confused. So looking normal. (laughs) Without looking up from his book, Mike says, Penny for your thoughts. Carol says, how about 20,000 of them? Mm. I'm sorry. How about 20,000 of them? (laughs) Thousand. Captain Obvious. Sorry. I mean, Mike looks at Carol and says, you're worried about the house, aren't you? (laughs) Mike goes back to reading. Mike goes past. Just say what you said. Mike goes back to reading and says, "I told you to take care of everything." Hmm. Carol looks at Mike and says, "Oh, Mike, do something." <laughs> oh, Mike, it's just that we're so happy here. I sure would miss our, um, what is it called? Kitchen. Yes, kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and our garden and. What's that one room that's near Alice's laundry room? Laundry room. That's it. (laughs) And Alice, if we lose her, who make the lunches I pass out? (laughs) Who am I going to stand next to when I pretend to make a salad? Or who am I going to help make a cake? Who's going to give me the bowl to mix? (laughs) And who will answer the phone, Brady residence, and who will help me... But finally, Mike cuts in and says, now, honey, Alice isn't going anywhere and neither are we. Mm. Besides, she doesn't do everything around here. Mike glances down at his dick. (laughs) (laughs) Mike kisses Carol's hand as Carol says, time to put your bookmark in, Mr. Brady. Mike says, Kinky as fuck. Hell yeah. Mike then begins to stick his bookmark. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) What kind of uh, 
fan fiction are you writing here? Well, that's what she said. Time to put your bookmark in, Mr. Brady. Like, okay. <laughs> Remember that. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but okay. No, I mean literally your book. <laughs> Mike reaches over <laughs> and puts his bookmark in his book. Mm. <laughs> Must be where that paper cut came from. Um, this kind of felt like a filler scene. Like, what was the purpose of the scene? Um, let's see. What did we get out of it? Nothing. That just, they're still concerned exactly. about the house. And that's it. <laughs> it's like, guys, guys, we need like another minute and a half. Like, <laughs> fuck it, we'll just have them in bed. They did that, right? <laughs> I was trying to look up to see if the book, the title of the book meant anything. Like if there was some kind of inside joke, but I couldn't find anything out about it. Funny you say that. I did the exact same thing. Did you? Because they yeah. really like showed the book. And I was yeah, like, hey, there yeah. must be some sort of inside joke here or something. And funny enough, like, I don't know if you like read the synopsis of this book. I try to. It sounds really weird. <laughs> it does. Like Jonathan Livington Siegel. It's literally about seagulls right. that like talk with each other and shit yeah. like that. And then something about teaching how to fly. And then one of them wants to be like a freaking acrobat flyer or something. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. And I was like, what? I was like, what? is there a meaning in here somewhere? That's kind of like the song anything. from Beavis and Butthead, Fly Lesbian Seagull. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. But anyway, Mike asks, Penny for your thoughts. And Carol mm-hmm. has the line, how about 20,000 of them? Right. Which, Jimmy, I don't know if you've done the math, because you like to do math here. I do. 20,000 pennies oh. <laughs> does not equal to $20,000. What does it equal to? $2,000. <laughs> Wait, why are you acting dumb? <laughs> <laughs> No, that's true. If you just move the decimal a couple of places over, that's only two hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. So I wish she wasn't a liar. Yeah, that would, that would have been funny would. if Mike would have been like, "Okay," but we still need nineteen thousand eight hundred dollars, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or like, "Oh, you guess your problem isn't really that big." So good night, honey. <laughs> like we have we have two hundred dollars. Like if you need two hundred dollars, <laughs> we have that. <laughs> Do you want to go shopping and gift wrap? Why do you need them pennies? They don't bubblegum machines anymore. <clears throat> Anyways. Scene 17. Over in the girls' room. Uh-huh. We see Jan lying down sleeping. <laughs> Over in Marsha's bed, we see Marsha and Noreen laying in bed, staring up at the ceiling. Marsha says... I sure am glad your mom let you sleep over here on a school night. Noreen thinks for a moment and says, Marsha, I have to tell you something. Hmm. You're the prettiest girl in the entire school. Hmm. Marsha looks at her then back at the ceiling and says, I know, <laughs> but how can I use my good looks and sparkly personality to make money and save our house? Noreen suggests, what about OnlyFans? <laughs> Marsha's like, the internet doesn't exist yet. <laughs> Marsha then gets an idea and says, that's it. OnlyFans. No, that's it. I could be a model. She then turns to Noreen and says, oh, thanks, Noreen. You're the greatest. Noreen then closes her eyes with a huge grin on her face. Mm-hmm. But before she can go to sleep, Marcia says, Noreen, Noreen answers. Hmm? <laughs> Marcia asks, 
Is that you? Noreen's eyes pop open as she asks, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was my leg. <laughs> Sweet dreams, Marsha. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I hear eventually Noreen's character gets sent off to a Catholic school where she joins a chorus led by Whoopi Goldberg. Is she in that? Yeah. She was in the second one. Oh, I don't think I ever saw the second one. Hmm. It's kind of weird because Noreen is my mother-in-law's name. <laughs> I thought of oh, like yeah. Noreen hitting on Marsha. It's just kind of a weird thought to me. Um, <clears throat> but everyone knows like this is where this, I mean, this, this scene bothered me. You, because because yeah. me and you both are filmmakers and we know the right and wrong way to make a film and we've broken down yeah. scenes before and they make mm-hmm. some some pretty basic fundamental mistakes in this scene and it really bothered me and it wasn't lighting like, or anything like that sound or something no or? everybody knows like you're supposed to have yeah. the pillow fight first before you start like trying to to uh, feel oh, up people's legs right. and stuff so what the fuck? Like I, they well, drop the ball. Fight on turns to tickle fights. And yeah, yeah. yeah, but I mean, and then you accidentally <laughs> like touched her dick. I mean, her like boob. Um, yeah, you know. yeah. Um, but I mean, there's not even any feathers <laughs> laying around or anything. Like that's they didn't even try. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they they expect us to believe the pillow fight already happened. It didn't happen. Their hair's not even messed up. They didn't even take any of our suggestions. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> fuck that. Scene 18. Yeah. In what appears to be the modeling agency, we see Marsha and Jan sitting on a couch. Marsha looks at Jan with an attitude and with Tude and mm-hmm. says, I still don't know why you had to tag along. This is my thing. Oh, shit. This is my turf. She should have said that. That would have made it look tough. These are my dreams. My wish. This is our time down here. Didn't you watch the show? Jan fixes her hair and says, you're not the only one who can be a model, you know. Marsha glances over at another model sitting on the couch and notices the pictures she's looking at. Marsha says, ooh, those are pretty pictures. What have you modeled for? The model looks up at Marsha and answers, guess. Marsha thinks for a moment and says, um, are you a Breck girl? But the girl comes back with an tood and says, no, guess jeans. Marsha always down for a guessing game says, okay, um, Levi's Wrangler, Oshkosh Bagosh. Before you can tell if she's right or not, a voice calls out, Brady girls. Marsha says, that's us. <laughs> I, I mean, this was funny, but I kind of feel like this joke at this point in time, I, I feel like this joke had already been done by some comedians. Like the whole guest jeans, like, cause I remember one comedian from the nineties going guest jeans, probably about 200 pounds and you know, making those kind of jokes. Oh, I remember so I kind of like feel that, like yeah. the guest jeans joke had already been done. So I, I thought it was a little bit of a low hanging fruit, but yeah, that's all right. <laughs> it fit the movie. It fit Marsha, you know, being, yeah. you know, put into, you know, the nineties when she's from the seventies. But anyways, <laughs> scene 19 in the photography studio, we see None other than Jason. Jason? Yeah, the photographer, Jason. Like, it's fucking oh. Jason. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I don't think you know. I mean, like the Jason. Like Jason. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He looks and says, so you're professional models. Marsha answers, yes, we are. With Jan saying, yes, of course. You know, like a liar. Hmm. Jason says... 
So what do you have to show me? Jan smiles big and says, plenty. <laughs> Jan pulls out a reel-to-reel as Marcia steps onto the set. <laughs> as the Charlie's Angels theme begins playing, Marcia and Jan begin <laughs> posing their asses off as Jason looks at him in complete confusion. <laughs> Finally, he turns the reel-to-reel off and walks over to Marcia. He looks at her and then at Jan. He points at Jan and says, you. He then walks hmm. away with Jan, leaving Marsha disappointed. He walks Jan over to the door and leads her out <laughs> with a thank you. Jan, hmm. thinking this was her chance to finally beat Marsha, says, why does everyone always choose Marsha? What does she have that I don't have? <laughs> Back inside the studio, Marsha is packing up her things in defeat as Jason walks up and says, now Marsha, I may be able to use you, but first... You're going to have to do a little work on yourself. Hmm. Marsha asks, you mean like walking with a book on my head? <laughs> Jason says, no. I mean like cutting that mousy hair, capping those teeth, and losing about 30 pounds, my little sausage. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about breast implants? Marsha turns serious, feeling <laughs> degraded, insulted, and quite honestly, tech embarrassed. <laughs> she reaches up and slaps Jason across his whore mouth. <laughs> she takes a step closer and with a disgusted look says cut my hair <laughs> Marsha then walks out like a motherfucking boss bitches only turn up with they friends yeah. I can't make this shit up bitch mm -hmm. did you see the poses that Jam was doing <laughs> she was yeah. like jumping and then putting her like fist under her chin and then she even mimed fishing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was awesome <laughs> but uh, Jason I guess was his name was played by David Leisure mm. and I uh, wonder what he's up to these days I haven't seen him in a long time I know he was the genie in uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse um that was David Leisure? Yeah. What, what I think is funny is um, <laughs> is on IMDb, they his name is Jason on IMDb. <laughs> but at no time do they call him Jason. So where the fuck did the name Jason come from on IMDb? Like, It's like the they script, just made up yeah. a name. <laughs> they could have said the photographer or the modeling agent guy, but they just... They make it a point to call him Jason. That's why I thought it was so funny going, no, Tat, you're not listening. It's fucking Jason. <laughs> um, maybe it was like a negotiation thing. Like maybe he was like, I don't want to be a character called the photographer. Like my character needs a name. So it'll, you know what I mean? Like, or maybe it was so a cut scene. Better. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, how did he know how to shut that wheel to reel to reel off? I wouldn't have known how. Well, I mean, she started by turning that switch. And True, but I mean, nobody uses real to real. He just switched yeah, it off like he had done it a thousand times. He may have. I mean, this is the 90s. It was only That's 20 true. years ago. That's true. So he probably had one when he was younger. Right. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that <laughs> during the shooting of this, that he had fun and just let them pose way longer than needed. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I got a feeling they were posing for like 10 minutes straight just trying different shit so, <laughs> for sure. and then laughing their asses off making the whole crew laugh and shit like <clears throat> scene 20 oh okay back at mike's work we see mr phillips looking on nervously as mike pitches yet another plan for another potential <laughs> client he says 
And after much consideration, Mr. Swanson, I designed a structure especially for your needs. Mm. So what do you think? Mr. Swanson looks at it and thinks, we finally see a structure that is nothing more than the Brady house with a sign on it says, Burgerland. <laughs> Mr. Swanson says, What is this? A center for ants? It's just too good a design for a fast food joint. Mm. You see what I'm saying, Mr. Phillips? This is, he then gestures to Mike and says, Much like my grandmother used to do to my grandfather, I think you're pumping a dry well here. <laughs> Get it? His penis. I do get it. He goes on. You understand what I'm saying? He then pats Mr. Phillips on the shoulder and says, I'll be in touch with you and walks out. But not before saying, sorry, Mikey. Mike stands next to Mr. Phillips with his hands on his hips and says, well, strike two. <laughs> hmm. uh, for some reason, it, the way you said it, all that sentence, it reminded me of <laughs> When we were doing That's My Mama, you were trying to say blood. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> Mr. Phillips has got to be the worst boss ever. You know what I mean? Like, he's got an employee that <laughs> is costing the company money, quite frankly, because he's paying Mike to build these things, and it's just the same shit over and over again. I know it's make believe. I know, but. I mean, at no time does Mr. Phillips say, okay, sir, like, sir, we need to talk like for real. What the fuck's your problem? You know, he's <laughs> just like, like, I hope this, this one, next works. one, <laughs> this next one isn't also going to be your house too. With just a difference. <laughs> no, no, no. This is totally original idea. Okay. Just making sure. That's <laughs> like on America's Got I know you don't watch America's Got Talent, but I love America's Got Talent. And years ago they had this group on there that was like these quick change people. Like, like the girl would walk yeah, over. That. You remember that? And like it was this. Oh, did the same. same yeah, thing it was the same routine. Yeah. And then he's like, "You guys are gonna have to change this up because this is getting kind of boring." So they come out. Yeah. The, <laughs> they come out the next episode, and it's like she's wearing a red dress instead of a blue dress, and the music is different. And they're like, "What? We totally <laughs> changed everything." And he's like, "No, you didn't. It's the same routine, <laughs> just with different colors." And they're, well, you come up and do it. Like, no, you're missing the point. Like, it's the same shit. <laughs> um, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, I, I do remember that. I, yeah. I watched it back then. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Scene 21. Outside of the school, we see Jan walking towards a bulletin board that's strangely just posted outside so, you know, all the papers can get wet and shit. Hmm. Jan hmm. bounces up saying, there's got to be a way to make $20,000. She begins looking over the bulletin board and spots a flyer saying, Search for the stars is looking for fresh young musical acts. First prize, $20,000. How she, much? $20,000. I'm not getting it. I'm not getting the emphasis of that. No? Why, how, oh, oh no, you're right, man. What was I talking I was saying it. No, see, I was saying it the way they say it in, in Europe. Um, oh, oh, yeah. $20,000. Oh, God, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Not $20,000. She thinks for a second, shrugs and says, too bad I'm not a musical act. <laughs> Just then a girl walks by and says, hi, Marsha. <laughs> Jan looks at her and says, I'm not Marsha. I'm Jan. Not all blondes look the same, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> we don't all look the same god dick a racist dick. yeah right <laughs> um 
I, I have to admit this scene kind of got me like story wise. Cause I, I was, I know I've seen this movie, but it's been a long time. I was expecting mm-hmm. the, that's it. That moment. I was expecting to play that up. And when it didn't happen, it, it actually got me. I was like, ah, that's awesome. <laughs> Cause I was totally expecting, you know, that to be part of the storyline. And I couldn't remember. Cause I know they, they form the music group and they go into the mall and they have the whole number where they're singing. But I can't remember if it's this movie or the next movie. Some. Right, right. You're expecting, you know, that's it. That's what we'll do to yeah. raise the money, you know. Yeah. But then she's like, oh, well, well, too bad I'm not that. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That kind of got me. It was, it was actually a surprise to me, even though I've seen the movie. <laughs> Scene 22. In Sam's butcher shop, Carol is standing at the counter. She looks over and says, the usual Sam. Sam looks at her and says, Alice, who's this lady here with? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Tackleberry, uh, I mean Sam, <laughs> says, sure thing, Mrs. Brady. 20 pounds of ground round coming right up. Mm. Another woman comes in behind them and asks, Carol, are you still eating red meat? Carol, surprised at the question, turns around and says, of course, I've got growing kids. I have to think about their health. <laughs> Isn't Sam the best? <laughs> the woman then says, well, we're sure going to miss this place when we move, won't we? Carol corrects her and says, oh, we're not moving. Hmm. The woman, obviously surprised, says, you're not? I thought everyone on the block was. Carol says, Mike says there's no reason to sell. We'll be here forever. Hmm. Sam sits down a large package and says, there you go, Mrs. Brady. She she grabs Sam's package (laughs) and says, thanks, Sam. Carol then turns back to the woman and says, have a nice day. Alice says bye to Sam, and they both leave. Hmm. Um, Hmm. I'm surprised she didn't get that shit gift wrapped. Doesn't she usually do? (laughs) What's up with the white paper? You don't have any gift wrap? Um, (laughs) And why is she asking? Doesn't Alice go there? Like, why is Carol even there? I don't even know. She needed something to do that day. I kind of feel like they dropped the ball on that one. Like Carol wouldn't be it. Like it would have been so funny if she would have been like the usual Sam. And like, just like the, what I wrote in there, like Alice, who is this Alice? Like who the fuck is this? (laughs) Yeah. Plus like Alice seemed like really quiet in the scene. She did. She should be like, like they're sleeping together. (laughs) Like she wouldn't be all mousy. Oh, bye Sam. You know? Well, I, I, I kind of feel like there was more to the scene that got cut. Yeah. But did she really just order 20 pounds of beef? Yeah. Which, by the way, did not look like 20 pounds when he dropped that package on the counter. Uh -uh. It sounded like it, the thud, because it was really loud thud, like, boom. Right. But it it looked like it was only maybe two pounds at the most. Yeah, there's no way Sam's package weighs 20 pounds. (laughs) Sam's package ain't that big. Come on. (laughs) I doubt it. (laughs) Scene 23. Oh, and also, by the way, that that was Tackleberry from uh, Police Academy. Yeah, 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 Police Academy movies. Right. Yep, yep. Scene twenty three. Back at the Brady residence, Alice takes a large meatloaf out of the oven and sets it on the counter. She then turns to Marsha and asks Marsha, "Could you call the troops to dinner?" Hmm. Marsha says, "In a second. I'm just checking for a letter from Davy Jones." Marsha sighs and says, "Nothing." Oh, Alice. If I don't get an answer from him soon, I'll be the most humiliated girl in the world. Mm-hmm. Then Marsha remembers Jan and suddenly feels better. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jan. Alice says, you think waiting three weeks for an answer is rough. 
Try waiting 20 years for the question. I'm just a geek with a squeaky voice. <laughs> I don't want to give her that. <laughs> Marcia smiles and rolls her eyes at her old spinster maid and says, Oh, Alice, and walks out of the kitchen. <laughs> this movie almost needs a laugh track. You know, like <laughs> yeah. almost like a laugh indicator, like a laugh track. Um, and then make a joke about where the hell the laughing is coming from. You know what I mean? Like it would just be funny. Like have it end up being a kid's toy that every time they, somebody steps on it, it, you know, makes a laugh, but it happens to coincide with people saying like, I don't know. It just would have been an added hmm. thing that would have made it more like, cause it's kind of awkward when, you know, Alice makes these jokes and stuff and it's just dead quiet. Like, it sounds weird. You know, I can see it only happening when Alice makes a joke. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's hmm. funny. I don't know. Scene 24. Ooh. Out in the backyard, Greg and Peter are tossing the football around. <laughs> you know, they're tossing around like the boys. That talking about or tossing around the um cowskin? Pigskin. Pigskin, right. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> Peter asks, Hey Greg, you're the Casanova of Clinton Avenue. How can I get Holly to go for me? Greg says, Well, chicks love compliments, man. Just tell her how groovy she is. <laughs> Peter looking doubtful less, and that really works? Greg says, trust me, it always gets a reaction. <laughs> now throw me a pass. Greg and Peter now reenact the intro to the show when Greg bends over, right in front of Peter, as Peter sticks his hand on Greg's ass and says, 24, 32, set, hike. Greg then runs to catch it, but wouldn't you know it, he misses, and the ball does something you'd never expect. What? It's Marcia square in the nose. No way. No, it does. Everyone just looks at the camera. <laughs> Greg and Peter run over to check on Marcia, who's covering her nose. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, even even Greg's jump matched. <laughs> like the way he jumps yeah. up and one arm goes up in the air. Um, but that's t- just like when we when we watch the original, like that looks like mm-hmm. it hurts so bad. Like and I know they probably used the foam ball or like something. But they did they, not. Well, on, I don't know about on, the movie, but the TV show. Oh, and the TV a, show, they didn't know. She really got hit. But yeah. this one, like, I'm assuming they used something else. But like, yeah. I think in the original, she really did break her nose, right? No. I no, she did. She really got hit in the face, though. So. Damn. Yeah, I just the, I matched the camera angles, the lighting, <laughs> the way the act. Everything was matched perfectly. Yeah. And Marsha's line coming out was actually... It was, I don't remember what was in the movie because you didn't write it in, but the real line is, hey, you guys, is what mm. she says, but she didn't say that in the movie. She says something else like, dinner's ready yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my nose. And then that music starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she keeps repeating. Sorry. Scene 25. In the family room, Marcia sits with an ice pack on her nose with Jan and Carol on either side of her. Carol says, let's have a look, Marcia. Marcia removes the ice pack to reveal a fat, broken nose. Oh, shit. Marcia insists, I look awful. Just mm. awful. I can never show my face in school again. I'm ruined. Carol rubs her back and says, sweetheart, I know you feel terrible, but it's going to get better. Jan says, I'm sure no one will ever notice, you know, like a liar. And then, <laughs> and then she goes, 
<laughs> Allison walks out to put a bowl of fruit on the table, stops and says, oh my goodness, what happened to you? But hmm. it's stopped by Carol, who shakes her head no. Alice finishes mother's favorite picture. <laughs> she looks back at Marsha's nose and says, it's crooked. But, ca- <laughs> but catches what she said and corrects herself saying, I mean, the painting is crooked. <laughs> Alice seeing that she's not making things any better says, I think I better go. I think I hear the nose boy. <laughs> Marsha catches this and looks at Alice with a gasp. Alice quickly says, I mean, the newsboy." Then she says, oh boy, did I blow it like you blow your nose <laughs> Marsha begins to cry and says now I'll never be a teen model I'll never be anything I may as well just be Jan what's the point of living I might as well die go ahead and make jokes see if I care Carol just picks up the ice bag and puts it back on Marsha's face while catching Jan smiling mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, that scene also is pretty accurate from the original, too. <laughs> That's funny. Um, what's funny is I don't think her nose looked any better or worse than the original. <laughs> like, like, it pretty much looked like Jan- yeah, like Marsha's did in the original show. Yeah, yeah. They did like, makeup-wise. <clears throat> um, what I thought would have been awesome is if they would have brought her to the doctor, <laughs> and the doctor would have been played by Maureen McCormick, Mm-hmm. And have Marie McCormick be like, "How the fuck did you get hit in the face with a football? Like, what are you doing <laughs> playing football? You're like a fucking teenage girl. Like, what kind of dumbass gets hit in the face with a football? Mm-hmm. That just wouldn't have been funny. Is that where you don't like to have balls flying near your face? Well, there goes a social social life. That's different. <clears throat> Scene at twenty six. Outside in the backyard, we see all the kids sitting around counting their money. Oh, damn. Bobby says, don't forget my $10 reward money. Cindy proudly says, I made more than you, almost $12. Peter says, well, I got 15 from Mrs. Tipbeyer. I mean, Dipmeyer. (laughs) Boy, is she a good tipper. Greg looks at his notebook and says, but we're still nowhere near twenty thousand dollars. I love you. I had to keep track of that shit on the notebook to know that he's not nowhere near twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, we do, was that fifteen or sixteen? I think it's fifteen. Okay, yeah, we're still nowhere near twenty thousand. <laughs> Marcia speaks up and says, "You can say that again." Tonight's the school dance, and my nose still hasn't gone down. Mm. Jan just rolls her eyes. Jan then gets an idea and says. Hey, I saw something on the bulletin board at school about Search for the Stars contest. Mm. They're looking for fresh young musical acts. First prize is exactly $20,000. Wow. Greg says, well, that's a start. But seeing that the government would take 30%, we're still (laughs) $6,000 short. So let's just keep thinking, guys. (laughs) Just kidding. Marsha calling bullshit says, sure, Jan. Like we'd really win. (laughs) Soon, everyone comes down on Jan saying, we'd never get a chance of winning. We might as well rob a bank. You're fucking moron, Jan, and you should die. (laughs) One of them said that, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. But they said it on the inside. (laughs) It was all internal. (laughs) But Greg stops that shit quick saying, guys, there's no point in fighting. We're running out of time. We still have to find a way out of this mess. Mm -hmm. Cindy, beginning to give up, says... I am sure going to miss this house. 
But soon a car is heard as Bobby says, "Uh uh-oh, here comes mom and dad. Greg quickly says, get rid of the weed. (laughs) But realizes that this isn't that episode and says, (laughs) all right, now remember everyone, act happy. We can't let on that we know anything. Soon all the kids begin to laugh, which is not suspicious in any way. No, 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 no. In fact, a little little creepy. (laughs) (laughs) As Mike opens the car door for Carol, she says, Mike, you don't think the kids suspect anything, do you? Mike says, of course not. Look at them. They're all just laughing (laughs) at nothing. It's weird. Obviously, they're telling (laughs) jokes, Carol. Come on, get your head out of your ass. But nobody's saying anything. They're all just laughing. It's weird. (laughs) Make them stop. Do something, Mike. Why are they sitting outside in a half circle? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But just to make sure, we should act extra happy. Mm. Carol looks at Mike and says, well, well, you know what makes us the happiest? Hell yeah. You know. Hell yeah. Something that we can do. Damn right. Something that all of us can do together. Something that'll make his sack bounce like crazy. Hell yeah. (laughs) Something you and the kids will get in on. Damn right. And Alice will just stand by and watch and judge. Mm -hmm. We'll have Greg pull out his sack. Damn right. Peter pull out his sack. Hell yeah. Teach the girls how to work them sacks. We then see all the kids lined up in the backyard as they yell, Potato sack race! They all grab their sacks and say, Get ready, get set, go! And soon they're bouncing up and down on their sacks. Wow, okay. Um, <laughs> did, I mean, I found this funny. They they have a wagon in front of them when they're counting their money. Did they really think they were going to get a wagon full of money? Like, did they really think they like all of their money would have to be carried in a wagon because they would have that much of it? I, don't know, I just thought that was funny. Um, that's funny. I love how they're pushing this musical joke <laughs> because they got you the first time, and then the second time, she's like, "Wait a minute! I saw this thing on the bullet." Just like, really? Come on, Jan! Like, what the fuck makes you think we can win? I don't know. It's just funny. Um, that's funny. Where would one even get a potato sack? Like, when you buy potatoes, duh. Like potatoes come in a little tiny sack. You you don't have enough room. Well, yeah, they do now. But back in the day, you used to some big burlap sacks. You know, I don't know. Mm. Maybe maybe in a warehouse distribution center. Maybe I don't know. Maybe. And also, I I I, I saw Mike's sack. I saw a sack. It was kind of it was kind of weird looking. <laughs> <laughs> kind of made me nervous. Yeah. Does it also make you feel? I mean, kind of excited a little bit too. Like when you used to climb the ropes in gym class. No, that's making you feel kind of funny. That's what it made me feel. But did you feel a little excited a little bit too, but also kind of nervous, but like in a good way? I feel it made it made me feel uncomfortable. Kind of like, oh, I know. It was the feeling you get right before you take your driver's test. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That, that feeling. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Or better yet, like... Like one time I, I, I thought my license was suspended. So I had to go to the DMV, but it was a lot of money that it was going to be a lot of money to get my license re- reinstated. And yeah. I had saved up a bunch of money and I went to the DMV and I wasn't sure if I, if there was like a hidden fee that I missed. Cause I, I had the exact amount that I would need. Mm. And so when I went there, I was really kind of nervous that something bad was going to happen. 
Yeah. Uh, Plus, you probably drove there too. Well, yeah, duh. Um, But it it made me feel like that. Scene 27. Over at the Dittmeyers, Mr. Dittmeyer says, So, what can I do for you? Uncle Phil says, You can explain (laughs) to me what Mrs. Brady told my wife. Another neighbor says, Yeah, if Mike Brady won't sell, we'll all be screwed more than your wife. (laughs) Hell yeah. Mm. Get it? Mr. Dittmeyer. Never mind. Mr. Oh, oh, Mrs. Dittmeyer. Yeah. I was thinking Uncle Phil. Mr. Dittmeyer says, well, allow me to take this opportunity to set the record straight. The Bradys are selling, my clients are buying, and you all are making out like bandits. Scotch, Steve. But Uncle Phil leans in and says, are you calling my wife a liar? Mm. Mr. Dittmeyer turns and says, Steve, no. I'm just saying, you can't believe the Bradys. Mm-hmm. We've all seen the insane stuff that goes on over there. How about the AstroTurf mm-hmm. lawn? They treat it like it's real grass. And excuse me, <laughs> a family that's happy all the time? Not possible. Mm-hmm. Another neighbor says, it is strange how they spend their weekends hopping around a potato sacks. <laughs> Another neighbor says, and you know something? I hear that their maid works for free. Can you understand that? I can't. Uncle Phil joins in the fun and says, you know, I was over there once, one bathroom for nine people. All the neighbors are in disbelief. Uncle Phil adds, and I never did see a toilet. One woman says, oh, please, they've got to put one in somewhere. Come on. Mr. Dittmeyer smiles and says, I rest my case. Mm -hmm. So if you close your eyes during that scene, you'd think you were listening to a very pretty podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Also, if I uh, close my eyes on that scene, I, I couldn't have read the script. Right. I didn't think about that. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So I, yeah. I couldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> um, why are they all spying on the Brady Bunch? I mean, Brady, the Brady Bunch has a privacy fence. like So they're, they're having to work <laughs> extra to see into their backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Nosy neighbors is what that's called. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. A scene at 28 over at the Brady residence, the doorbell rings. Mm. Mike answers the door and it's Doug Simpson. Oh, damn. Yeah. He looks at Mike and says, hi, I'm Doug Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike just gives him a blank look. Doug adds, Marsha's date. Mm. Mike remembering says, oh, right. The big man on campus. Oh, damn. Come on in, Doug. Mike then turns and yells, Marsha, Doug's here. As Doug walks in, Carol greets him with a, hi, Doug, big man on campus, huh? <laughs> and then she holds her hands out. Which, she, yeah, I don't understand it either. Yeah. <laughs> Doug, Doug, not knowing what the fuck they're talking about, just nods and says, yeah, right. Marsha then appears seemingly out of nowhere, looking like Cousin It <laughs> with her hair down in her face. She walks up and says, hi, Doug. <laughs> Doug looks at her and says, hi, Marsha. Is anything wrong? Carol looks at Marsha and says, sweetheart, I think you better show him. Mm. Marsha lifts her hair and says, I suppose you don't want to go out with me now, huh? But Doug, who apparently only looks like a douchebag, says, oh, of course I do. But then ruins it by saying, it's not your nose I'm after. (laughs) This apparently goes right over Mike's head as he leans into Carol and says, that's a fine boy Marsha's got there. Carol says, oh, Marsha, it looks like rain. You better take a shawl. 
Marcia takes it with a thanks. Before they can leave, Carol says, Doug, how about you? Do you have any protection? Doug, being honest, says, oh, yes, ma'am. Assorted colors and textures. Mm. Carol just smiles and says, good for you. As they leave, Mike gives them a have fun, kids, as Carol says her trademark, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he need so many raincoats? I know, that's weird. And like different colors, I guess, to show well, well, I, I different understand the different colors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plus, you got to match your shoes and stuff like that. But textures, like the rain, don't care. Yeah. Well, I didn't get the textures part. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. Get it. Um, yeah. I, I love the use of music from the TV show because they do such a good job of matching up the little piece of music with how mm-hmm. they would have used it in the original TV show. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that was always, I found myself giggling more at that than anything. Um, I feel like um, the last joke the the raincoat thing i i kind of feel like that was kind of some low-hanging fruit like it's like come on guys a like, little bit like yeah it's just weird how she said do you have any protection like exactly yeah yeah i mean it would have been funny if she says do you have any rubbers you know what i mean like yeah the shoes but, like the boots the rain boots well i see i would have changed the joke entirely you know what i mean like make sure she don't get wet and he's just like oh, oh can't guarantee that you know or i mean there's so many other places they could have done with it you know what i mean like (laughs) it's funny um i just realized that gary cole especially in that scene when he was at the door he Mm. looks just like my friend or our friend really jerry Mm. eisinger like it looks exactly like i was like oh my god he also looks like the guy from uh office space Oh, right, right. And Ricky Bobby's dad, too. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. That was a good one. (laughs) All right, well, that was fun. I'm looking forward to uh, part three next week. Dang. Which is also sadly rounding off our end of the season. Oh, last week, next week's the, the last episode? I thought no. we had four. Jeez, oh, Pete. I'm so confused. <laughs> Is this just rounding? It's getting down to rounding. Oh. Gearing down to the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, and I, if I'm honest, I feel kind of bad that the scene's ending, the season's ending, seeing that we, we just took a short hiatus. We're going to be like, guys, seriously? Like, you know. <laughs> but. Well, I mean, we needed to, so. Yeah, yeah. No, no of course, yeah. All right. Well, you know, we did here, everyone. We had a good time. We had fun mm-hmm. tonight. Remember, we do love these shows. It's all about the good times and the laughs. It is. Also, we would personally like to, personally like to thank our producers from Patreon, because without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. And of course, we're eyeballing, we're eyeballing all of you. But we're specifically looking at you, Jenny and Jim. And... Uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys. I, I tell this story every week. Jenny uh, and Jim were the first Patreon <clears throat> subscribers that we have. And uh, like I've said before, Tech and I made the Patreon because that's what you're quote unquote supposed to do. Never really expecting anybody to to actually take us up on it. And so, um, yeah, Jenny and Jim kind of got that ball rolling and kind of, I don't know, let me and Tech know that, you know, this could, you know, be more than just us having fun. So we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Now for some homework assignments. Oh, See, I geez. paused really quick. I paused like because I thought like, nah, come on, guys. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, check out the website. 
at www.averybrittypodcast.com. Yeah, and do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, CastBox, or Audible. Tell two friends, not one, but two friends about the show. Mm. And if you don't have two friends, if you really, come on, if you really don't have two friends, go on to Christian Mingle and just <laughs> swipe right or left or up or down or whatever you're supposed to do. And just, hey, hey, guy, hey, would you like to go on a date, but just listen to this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> they have to go on two dates? Um, Preferably, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show at a very pretty podcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group and join in all the conversations and the fun. And also our Facebook group is now private. So that mm-hmm. means like if you want to kind of nerd out and be like, you know, let your freak you know, Brady Bunch flag fly. You can, because none of your friends are going to see it. The only people that's going to see it is everybody that's in the group. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but join in the Facebook group and join in all the conversations of fun at a very Brady Facebook group. Indeed. If you'd like to be a producer, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash a very Brady podcast. Check out our Instagram at a very Brady podcast. And as it gets closer to Halloween, me and Tack might have some cool stuff coming up. So that's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Facebook and get real-time updates, like if the show's going to be late or something like yes. that. That's where you can find out. Go check out The Retro Network at theretronetwork.com. Check out our shop with our affiliate link at com slash shop. Check out our Public merch store. Link is in the description of this episode. Also, we are on the Clapper app, even though we haven't really done much with it. Yeah, we... <laughs> We haven't really done much on it, um, but we are thinking about doing um, um, a YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. We so are if you guys would like to see talks. us on YouTube, if you guys would like to see us on YouTube, let us know. Let us know what kind of videos you like to see us do. If it's this, re- if it's related to this, if it's something else, you know, we'll we'll, we'll accommodate. So let us. If mm-hmm. that's something you're interested in, let us know. Yeah. But most importantly. Go check out some classic iconic television and Tack here is going to tell you what to watch next. Tack. <laughs> All right. On the, thank you, Jimmy. On the next episode, we're going to be yeah, watching. Ta- um, part, ta- ta- you're welcome. Okay. We're going to be watching uh, the Brady Bunch movie, but uh, part what? three. So we're going to be doing part three out of four and continuing on with our story. Very interesting. And the Brady Bunch movie, as a reminder, is available to stream on Amazon Prime. Prime. <laughs> no, you don't need to do that. I just, I like to hear it. I think oh, that part, that's great. <laughs> All right. All right. So, unless you have anything else, uh, I do not. In that case, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Zach. And this has been a very Brady podcast. We will see you on another sunshine day. Keith Smoten. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.